Cunnington, and this is Havilah's Podcast. I'm excited that you're tuning in today. You know, this podcast was created by Truth to Table so I could have a place to share my heart, biblical truth, simple lifestyle leadership, as well as just connect with my table community, my table tribe. So I hope that you'll spend a few minutes with me as we jump in to whatever God has put on my heart this week. And don't forget that you're never too far gone from where God wants to take you. You are loved, you are seen, and he wants to desperately know everything about you. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Let's jump into this. So today I want to talk to you about learning a positive no. You know, the last three months we've been talking about intention. We've been talking about how important it is to have intention in our lives. The first month was all about intentional living. And the second was about intentional uh, behavior. And this month is all about having an intentional boundary in our life, intentional uh, parameters that help us stay healthy and safe and our best self. So today I want to talk about a positive no. Now, you know, if you've been in life for a little bit, you've been an adult for a little bit, you'll know that in life, when you say yes to something, you automatically are saying no to another. Like if you're saying yes to donuts, you're automatically oftentimes saying no to a six pack. Or if you're saying yes to church on Sunday, then you may not be saying yes to, you know, taking a walk or going away for the weekend. So there are things that we're always saying yes and no to. If you say no to sleep, then you're going to say yes to maybe getting sick or being uh, tired. So often, Sometimes, you know, we we have to learn the art of saying yes and no. And some of us hate to say no. I'm like a recovering, people-pleasing, always saying yes kind of person. In fact, I ended up going to um, a counselor for many years to talk about having healthy boundaries. And one of the key Uh, components to being healthy was really learning how to say no, the art of saying no. Um, You know, a lot of us don't like to say no because it requires a couple things. I think the first thing is that we, we often feel like we're letting people down. You know, someone's depending on us. And we know the feeling we have when someone says no to us. And so we don't want to maybe give that to somebody else or have someone else experience that. So no is often because we don't want to let other people down. Secondly, uh, a lot of us don't like conflict. We kind of avoid conflict. We don't like the feeling, the high anxiety, the emotion behind it. And so we don't want to have a conflict with anybody. And then thirdly, uh, we have been taught, which is something that I think I was taught very early on, which was that saying no is unkind. Saying yes is kind and saying no is unkind. And so every time we go to say no, we have this feeling that we're not being kind. We're not being um, you know, available and generous and we're not a servant. And the truth is, if we say yes to those people that want us to say yes to everything, we won't be able to say yes to the things that matter most. So I'm going to teach you about the positive no. Now, when I read this part of the Carolyn Webb, How to Have a Good Day book, I was I sat back and I remember just being like, this is the secret sauce to what I haven't known how to do. And even though in courage, I've, I've learned to say no, and I'm still in my process of learning to say no, this has worked. In fact, I put this to practice about a year ago after reading this, and I'm telling you, I use it almost on a daily basis, this this 
kind of formula to it. So you got to understand a few things about our brain. Remember, it's all about brain-friendly learning and education. And we talk a lot about this, but God is in science. He is in, we discover God through science. And one of those ways is we discover through our neurology, how our brains work and operate. It teaches us really how he has made us. So one aspect that we haven't gone over yet, but I did actually write it in my recent book called Stronger Than the Struggle, uh, but I wrote about this idea because I, I saw this in, in a lot of faith-based people, this issue, and what we think is um, is that we, we don't often see life in a in a very positive, healthy way. We see our lives as very defensive and on threat. Maybe it's demonic threats, or maybe it's, you know, the world is, is dark and evil and we're good and we're trying to get to heaven, but it, it really doesn't allow us to see possibilities. And what he talks about, there was this study that was done and it talks a lot about your brain and how we end up either in defense mode or in discovery mode. So defense is when we sense a threat coming, our brain automatically puts into motion our own own activity. Uh, we kind of call it the three F's, you know, the fight, fight, or freeze. So the fight, I'm going to fight you when I feel in defense, or I'm going to flight, which is I'm going to run and get out of here, or I'm just going to freeze. I, I don't really know what to do at this moment. But all three of those, those reactions and responses in our brain actually brings a tunnel vision to how we see what's happening and it doesn't allow us to see everything else. It's, you know, when a car is coming at you, all you can see is the car and getting out of the way. You're not seeing the kids playing across the street. You're not seeing that somebody called your name to get out of the way. You're not seeing all the other things. You're just in defense mode. But when you're in discovery mode, which is that you're at a place of, of um, well, I, actually I'll read it. It's on page 32. It says that um, when you find delight or potential rewards, which is that discovery place um, and opportunities for situations, it allows us to stay in discovery mode. In defense mode, our focus is to protect ourselves. In discovery mode, our focus is, is to open up and to learn. And when discovery mode is simple and healthy, it, it keeps us in a state of curiosity to learn about others, to learn about our world, and to learn about God, which is awesome. It allows our minds to stay open to new possibilities, concepts, and belief systems. So part of what I'm teaching you and wanting to teach you at our membership is that you would learn how to stay in discovery mode. Because if you stay in discovery mode, your brain sees things all the possibilities and the miracles and the opportunities that God's giving us, which is really powerful. So what, what we talk about the positive no is we want, it, we want to be able to communicate a solid and a clear and mature no. And the way that we can do that and keep it positive is that the way we communicate is allowing the person we're communicating the no to to stay in a discovery mode and not put them in defense mode. Because when we put other people in defense mode by our words, it actually doesn't allow them to see our positive no. So uh, there was a study done by a, a man named um, William, and it was actually done in Harvard uh, through the program of negotiation. I, I think I should have signed up for that. I feel like I'm like, I love negotiating and the art of negotiation. But he, he teaches a technique that talks about the positive no. And he said, you know, oftentimes when we go to say no to somebody, we'll use phrases like, I'm so sorry, but, or I hate to be the one to tell you this, but... And what happens is when we use phrases as I'm so sorry, or I'm sorry I have to tell you this, uh, it automatically puts the person, the listener, in defense mode. 
it, it's a threat. It's, uh-oh, you're gonna, you're about to let me down. Uh-oh, something's bad that's about to happen. And so often their brain will hold on to that first phrase without, without hearing everything else you're about to say. So what he recommends is even though it sounds polite, to actually allow uh, with our verbiage to keep the listener in a discovery and positive world, okay? So this is interesting. He says, this is how we can articulate this formula to help us. The first one is to start warm. So sometimes we want to say no. We'll say, oh, I, I can't do that. I'm so sorry, I can't do that. And we say it, and I think sometimes we're focused on our courage to say no, that we forget that how we say it really can either be our, of our benefit or be of our detriment. So he says, acknowledge what the person has requested and show appreciation for the request. So I've used this throughout my, my season. Um, somebody invites me to come speak or participate in something. I will, at first I would say, I'm so sorry, I can't, that date's booked, and just kind of leave it at that. But now I've learned to say, I'm so honored you would think of me or consider me, or I'm so excited that you would let me in on this project. I, I, I am, I'm, I'm really excited to be in contact. And so you kind of open up, I'm so thankful, thank you for, for thinking of me for my students' class. I'm so thankful that you consider me for the prayer team. Whatever it is, you want them to know that you appreciate and you acknowledge that they're asking. And then secondly is your yes. This is very important. We talked about your personal why a couple classes ago. This is very important. You, you need to be able to grow in articulating your personal yes. So if I want to say no more, I might say, you know, I'm really saying yes in my life a lot to my boys and being around with them in the evenings and really being available to them in a, in a greater way during this season. And what you want to do is communicate what you're saying yes to. You know, I really am focusing on my health. I, I find that I, I haven't really had a, a, a good stamina or strength. And so I'm, I'm actually going to the gym every single evening during the work week to grow in my strength. And you begin to articulate your yes. But this is important. He says, consider picking a reason that the person who you're talking to would resonate with. So if I'm talking to a leader, I may say, you know, I really, I don't want my kids to be ministry orphans. And so I, they automatically go, yeah, I don't either. Or they may say, you know, I, I, I might say, you know, I really want to strengthen my marriage right now. Well, they would resonate with that idea. I want you to have a strong marriage too. Or, you know, I really want to make sure that uh, I stay I stay rested. I, I don't want to get sick. Last year I got sick. And it's very important that you, if you pick something, you know, you're talking to a single uh, person and you're talking about how exhausted you are as a mom, they're not going to resonate with that. But if you're talking about being a healthy person, they might resonate with that. So you find something that they will connect with and that's what you want to pick out. The third is this, explain your no. So that means with regret that you can't do what you've asked them to do. And don't be casual. Don't say, well, I don't, you know, I'm not sure, or, you know, I'll have to look at that. You have to communicate a no. You have to be very clear and say, I'm so sorry. I am not going to be able to do that. And what I will often do is look at my message and look for the one sentence that articulates a clear no. So it might be sandwiched between a bunch of thank yous and I can't, and I'm, this is important to me, but I will look for a, I am not able to do that. I don't use phrases like, um, well, I, I'll have to look at my schedule or I'm not sure I can do that. That's all passive. You want to be direct. 
I'm not able to do that. I'm crystal clear that this is not going to work for me. Uh, ben and I um, are in agreement that I'm not able to, to invest this time right now. And so you just wanna make sure it's very clear that they see that no. And then lastly, you wanna end with warmth. This is very important. Sometimes we'll forget this because we're so clear on our no, we'll say, thanks so much, have a great day, bye. But what can often put keep them in discovery mode is to communicate your warmth, your excitement. So something, maybe a positive suggestion of someone that they can contact or something that might work for them, um, maybe a way that you are going to be able to contribute. And so really keep that open there. And don't forget to wish them success on whatever they're doing. So I think that that's really important. Now, how does that work in my life? Well, when I'm invited to speak, um, and I don't often answer all those emails, but when I have in the past, I will say, thank you so much for thinking of me. I'm so honored that you would think of me. I maybe get a text from a friend that I'm in a personal relationship with and they're inviting me to do something. I'll say something like, I'm so sorry. What's really important right now is that um, I, I, I film my videos for this upcoming month and book launch. I want it to be a success. Uh, so I'm not able to participate in what you're inviting me to participate in. But I think so-and-so would be an ideal voice for this message. I think so-and-so would be ideal for this event. Uh, have you considered maybe uh, implementing this? And so you you give them a way for to help solve that moment. They don't have to take it. It doesn't mean that what you're saying is exactly it, but it at least allows them to know that you're not just focused on your no, but you're also focused on helping them uh, with what, what they're trying to, to do. So very important. In fact, it's really helpful when someone says, I'm not able to babysit, but so-and-so has a great sitter. Uh, why don't you try texting them? You give them a way out and it's not your responsibility to do that. Let's just get that clear. No one's asking you to do that, but man, it's a really great way. And when they leave the conversation, they're going to know that you're for them and that you're there to help them. And you're not just click checking them off your to-do list. So it's very important to do that. And then lastly, be very clear. And I love what the book says. It says that um, when we have when we are have direct communication and we communicate clearly, yes or no, like I have to leave this meeting at 10, 10, no later. Uh, I need to go in five minutes. We give people a heads up, but we're clear, we're direct. It may not be the answer that they want, but it actually clarity brings um, a, a calming to the brain and to the people that we're working with. So when somebody might say something, we might say, wow, that was brave or that was bold or that was blunt. But actually, they found that people respond in a very calming way towards it when they know what they can expect from someone. And uh, when there's ambiguity or uncertainty, it's viewed as a threat. Our brain actually looks at it as not a, a really great way to land, and it allows us to... Um, what causes us to feel uncertain and unclear about the relationship or whatever we're doing. So sometimes we think, if I'm unclear, maybe I'll just kind of hem and haw and they'll forget about it. And actually that keeps people in a, in a place of threat more than being clear and saying, I'm not able to do it, allows them to come to conclusion, okay, this is what they're doing, and then find another solution. It allows them to find that solution they're looking for. So this week, I want you to consider how can you, whatever you're facing right now, whether it's so-and-so wants you to stop by their house or 
so-and-so wants you to volunteer at the school, or you need to do this or do that, or someone has invited you to participate in something in January, and you know it's a no. You know that your yeses are so clear and you are not able to say no, and you're procrastinating and you're hanging out or you're not sure, or maybe you don't procrastinate and you don't ruminate, but you're used to just getting it off your to-do list. Um, I want you to practice this positive no. I want you to pull out your phone and I want you to practice Thank you so much for thinking of me. Hey, mom and dad, I can't wait to be with you at Christmas. Hey, you know, uh, to your boss, hey, I'd love to participate in this project, but uh, I'm very clear that I want to give all my attention to this upcoming project. I, I, I see the importance of this in our lives, or I'm very clear that uh, I haven't had, uh, I haven't, I didn't stay healthy last holiday, so I want to make sure I stay healthy. So, uh, or I want to make sure I, I serve at the soup kitchen uh, during Christmas Day. It's, it's a value of mine to help serve others that don't have a family or don't have what we have. And so we'll be coming to the home at three. We won't be able to be at your house at 9 a.m., uh, but we're so excited and we cannot wait to be with you. Thanks for thinking of us. And just be clear, send it and leave it at that. Now I will say this, this is totally free. When you are communicating with someone who doesn't want to hear your no, they oftentimes will come back at you one, two, or three times. They'll come back with a long email of here's how you disappointed me and here's what I want you to do and here. And what I want you to do is find your no in one or two or three sentences and I want you to start your email, your text message with a I am crystal clear. I want you to use that phrase, I am crystal clear, this is not going to work for me. And you may have to send that text two or three times but don't add to what you said, don't engage them, just send them the exact same message and eventually they'll understand that you're not going to engage them in the drama of you saying yes or no. You're clear and you have no anxiety about your yes or your no. Well, I hope that really blessed your life. I hope that everything God was trying to get to you, you grabbed a hold of. Again, don't forget to give me a shout out on the socials. I'm there almost every day. And if this podcast really spoke to you, would you consider leaving a review so others can find this podcast and as well as some stars. I hope you have a great day and I'll catch you next time.